Hello and welcome to another episode of Retrospection, the podcast where we take an old movie or TV show and decide whether it deserves to be airlifted to safety or just blown to smithereens. My name's Paul, and do you mind if I ask a personal question? How do you get to be so damn big? <laughs> and I'm Dave, and come on, are you jerk sleeping or what? I usually am, to be honest with you. Well, I, yeah. I know, I know. We know what you're like, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> So as you can probably hear, my usual co-host Colin is enjoying some well-deserved R&R this week. Well-deserved? Well, de- well, you know, he would say well-deserved. Uh, uh, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll debate that another time, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> He'll listen to this. But luckily, I'm joined by a special guest host. Welcome back to Retrospection, Dave. Hello. So you're no stranger to the show, as well as being one of our longest supporters. You also guested on our Lockdown Computer Games episode back in April 2020. I did, and I turned retrospection a little bit sweary, didn't I? Apparently. (laughs) You know what? We we didn't notice. So (laughs) I don't know. That's That's the scary thing. (laughs) You'll fit right in, Dave, so it's fine. Oh, yeah. Me and Colin. (laughs) Do you remember those heady days of lockdown? Oh, my word. Do you know what? I think I've blocked the last those, those sort of couple of years out of my life. <laughs> I think a lot of people do. That was the only way Oof. that they could get through it, wasn't it? That was grim, wasn't it? I, I, I think that you actually, you went for a small, you, it must have been bad for you, Dave, because you went for a small phase of watching some Marvel movies, if I remember. I did. I did. And I made the stupid mistake in watching them in chronological order as well. Ooh. You hit some rough ones there, didn't you? Yeah, you shouldn't do that, should you? <laughs> Mind you, didn't you so, enjoy? Um, didn't you enjoy? I'm oh, getting up a bit off topic here, talking about Marvel. Colin will kill us. Um, <laughs> Colin's going to be absolutely fuming. I'm never. He'll be, he'll be like, I'm never leaving the podcast again if this is what happens when I'm not here. Um, you enjoyed? Uh, was it Captain Marvel? You enjoyed that one, didn't you? The one that everyone hates. Captain Marvel was a yeah. It was all right. <laughs> there you go. Does it get all a right. lot of hate then? Yeah, a lot of people don't like that one. Really? Yeah, um, I think a lot of the hate's directed at uh, a certain actor or actress that's in. Okay. Yeah. All right. I, I thought it was all right, but clearly I don't have taste, which is uh, bodes well for this, doesn't it? <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see in a minute. So, but but thank you for taking over Colin's seat this week. I hope it's not too damp for you, at least. No, it's a pleasure. So on this episode, we'll be discussing episode one of the TV series Tour of Duty which ran for three seasons between 1987 and 1990. I didn't realise it was that old. I, Yeah, I must admit, actually, when I saw that, because I've written down the same notes, and, yeah, 87? I didn't, th- I didn't have it down as 80s. I had it down as really early 90s. I think that the ITV regions that it was shown in um, over here in the UK, I think that they um, only started showing it once it was already done in america which would have been the early 90s ah, that would explain it then and they only showed it at about midnight as well yeah it was one of those late night itv shows wasn't it it, it was yeah i mean I, I i remember watching it with my dad and um because it was on so late he would he would record it on good old vhs ah nice and uh, we'd get up early on a sunday morning and watch it yeah i think i used to do that as well to be honest with you yeah 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 in fact, I, I, I would go so far as to say, when he recorded it, I reckon he might have done Video Plus. Remember wow. Video Plus? I do remember Video Plus, yeah. <laughs> where, you, where, where you didn't set a time, you actually just typed in a code from the TV guide and it magically recorded the programme. I could never get that damn thing to work. <laughs> but then again, I could never figure out how to set the video either, to record something just, just normally. I bet you could. You're... you're... <laughs> You're good at that stuff. Well, of course I do. Yeah. I'm a geek. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you're good at this stuff. I know you are. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> so the series stars Terence Knox as Sergeant Clayton Anderson, Stephen Caffrey as Lieutenant Myron Goldman, Tony Becker as Corporal Danny Purcell, Eric Brusk, is it Bruscotter? Bruscator? Something like that. I'm glad you're saying yeah. it because I wasn't sure myself. <laughs> as Private Scott Baker, uh, Ramon... I think it's Ramon Franco as Private Alberto Ruiz. That's right. Mm-hmm. Pronouncing that right. And and yep. Miguel A. Nunes Jr. as Private Marcus Taylor. And the one that took me by surprise 
because I used to watch this show back in the day, as we just said, and I never realised that he was in it, is the voice of Batman himself, Kevin Conroy, as Captain Rusty Wallace. Is he the voice of Batman? Yeah, in all the Arkham games and the animated show. I didn't know that. Okay. He looks completely different in this. He doesn't look like the Kevin Conroy I I remember. Okay. Uh, Interesting. Of course, he passed away um, not too long ago. Um, Yeah, I heard that, yeah. But he was, for lots and lots of people, he is still the voice of Batman. And a lot of people think he's the best Batman ever, of all the people that have ever played Batman. I must admit, actually, because I've played the Arkham game, so I tend to look at lots of gaming sites and things like mm-hmm. that, and um, I remember the news story of um, of him passing away, but I must admit I didn't know it was this guy. <laughs> well, if you just showed me a picture of what he looks like in this episode, I would never have put Kevin Conroy to that face. Really? No. Okay. But it was weird, because, because I knew it was him, and I'm watching the episode, there were little moments where he was speaking where I could hear Batman's voice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah, it was really strange. <laughs> so the pilot episode was written by Steve Duncan and L. Travis Clark, and it was directed by Bill Norton. A tour of duty was set between 1967 and 1969. Mm-hmm. The show was heavily inspired by the movie Platoon, but to be honest, Vietnam movies were everywhere in the 80s, weren't they? Oh, they were, yeah, yeah. Just, but it makes sense that it was inspired by Platoon, you know. Definitely, definitely. But I mean, they were they were, they, they ranged from Platoon to Hamburger Hill, um, Full Metal Jacket, and then you've you've even got yeah. you've got the more sort of like outlandish ones like um, Missing in Action with a bit of Chuck Norris in there. Yeah. Do you know what's really weird, right? Because I've I, like I say I watched this with my dad, so I watched it all the way through many many years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah, I've never seen Platoon. That is a weird one. Cause I, and I don't know how that's happened. I, I would have thought Platoon would have been right up your street, Dave. I imagine it is. I really ought to do it. What? Which ones are those? Have you seen any of those kind of movies then? I've seen Full Metal Jacket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it. Wow. Out of those ones that you've said, that's all I've seen. I mean, you... Which is bizarre, really. You can really see the influence of Platoon in this TV show, though. Can yeah, you? And, and, yeah, and to be honest with you, I mean, Platoon is a big-budget Hollywood movie, and... Not to spoil anything of what we think of this show, but I personally feel that that on a TV budget, what they pull off in, just in this episode alone is is excellent, really. Well, this is the thing. This is what's interesting about it, right? Because I was looking at a couple of facts on this, and it's it's an interesting one. Because I think, if I remember rightly, I think you told me that when you when you mentioned to Colin what we were going to be mm-hmm. doing, didn't he say to you, "Oh, is that that cheap Vietnam show?" That's that's right. Yeah. That's right. right, which is really interesting because when you look back at it, apparently the budget per episode was about one point two five million dollars. That's not cheap. That's not cheap, especially in eighty seven. And this pilot that we're about to talk about was three million dollars. It's all on the screen. You can see it, can't you? You can. You can see. It. Well, well, we'll get to it. But um, yeah, yeah, they um, they really did go for it. I'm wondering whether Colin's misremembering it because I think one of the things that, that might have helped to make it look cheaper than it actually was is, do you remember there was that time in the 80s and 90s where everything seemed to be shot on videotape? Yeah. And this does have a bit of that about it. Which, oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Which, I mean, which cheapens it know, a bit. Yeah. I mean, I must admit the copy that I watched which was off the internet. I don't know how much of it was a dodgy copy on the internet and mm. how much of it was actually just cheap film. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine that it, it it didn't look great back then. I mean, if I no. if I remembered what TV shows looked like back in that in that period, there was a lot of everything was washed out. Everything was was it had that sort of plasticky videotape look about everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and to be honest with you, now I imagine it's made even worse by sort of modern, you know, flat screens and all that sort of thing. HD TV. I think when you were looking at the old, the old fat CRT things, it didn't look quite as bad. But now it, yeah. look, it looks pretty atrocious. Well, I would imagine t- with, with modern TVs, are going to try and upscale it. It's, it's not going to make it any better, is it? It's going to make it, as you say. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. No. <laughs> so music was a big part of this show. 
But apparently, I was reading mm. that due to difficulties in obtaining licensing for the continued use of, of copyrighted music, subsequent reruns of this show, they had to replace a lot of the, the well-known songs um, that were used. Well, that's interesting, because watching this pilot, there are no licensed songs that I saw. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because the pilot, because it was a pilot, they just hadn't got any licenses at that point, mm-hmm. you know, they, they they didn't have an audience, or if it was just the copy I watched was one of the reruns, because there's absolutely nothing in there. There's a load of faux copies of music, but nothing, nothing genuine, because... Th- the original, I mean, I was looking at, apparently they released five official soundtracks for this series for, you know, over the three seasons. Yeah, it, it was a bit of, it was a bit like how Miami Vice used to release soundtracks, wasn't it? They put a lot of music in it and then, and then you'd have volume one, two, three, four, five, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah and, and I, I, I'll admit I skipped forward a, a, a couple of episodes just to check and mm. I'm sure that Painted Black was the was the music that they played over the opening credits of every episode. Again, I I don't know if it did at the beginning or whether that came in later on. I don't know, but I was gutted because that's the thing that gets that, that's the thing that got me in the mood for watching the program. It was that me and my dad sitting there Sunday morning, Painted Black yeah. gets psyched up. There was there was none of that here. <laughs> I, was, I was gutted. Yeah, I missed it as well. Yeah, I was waiting for it, and it was, it was a shame it wasn't there. Uh, I mean, there, there were just looking at—I I made a note of some of the artists that that they used in this show: Jimi Hendrix, Creedence, Clear, Clearwater Revival, um, mm. as you say, Rolling Stones, and um, none of it's there anymore. It's all gone. No, gutted. It is a big loss. It is a big loss. It is. It is. Mm. So Eric Brusk Otter's Private Baker left after season one. And we didn't get an explanation as to why he went until season three when the actor came back as a guest star. Now, the, the interesting thing when we've talked oh. about Tour of Duty, just, just us, is I don't think I ever saw Beyond Season 1. Now, you watched it all, as you said, didn't you? And in my head, he was in there the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was a long time ago. I mean, when was the last time you saw this? 30 years ago? Oh, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It all merges into yeah. one big thing, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. The show, as we said, was shown in um, lots of ITV regions in the UK. Um, you, What was on that you watched it on? Uh, at the time, that probably would have been Thames, I think. I remember the good old Thames logo. <laughs> ah, no, no. It would have been at the weekend where it turned into LWT. What, why did it change? I, d- I don't know. There was something about it. it was Thames during the week, and then from Friday evening, six o'clock, it turned into London Weekend Television. That, do you know what? I always wondered. I never realised what LWT stood for. <laughs> <laughs> well, growing up, growing up in the north, I, I, I watched it on Granada. You know, so. Oh, good old Granada. Yeah, yeah. And I, I used to see these these other logos on on these other shows, LWT and and Thames. But I, you know what? I never knew what LWT stood for. It never crossed my there mind. There you go. Yeah. Colin will be <laughs> disgusted when he hears that. I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> it was interesting. I was looking at the uh, the information about season one, which was filmed on location in Hawaii. And then apparently from season two onwards, they took it to Hollywood and they filmed it on the old set of MASH. That makes sense, doesn't it? It does make sense. And yeah. it was probably a lot yeah. easier and a bit cheaper than filming it in Hawaii, I would have thought. Oh, I imagine it must have been. I mean, especially if they're blowing $1.25 million on on every episode. Every penny counts, I suppose. Um, it was also, when they first aired it, apparently they it, it got commercial success, but it didn't get the ratings. Okay. So sorry, it got critical success. So it didn't it didn't get mm. the rate, but it didn't get the, uh, the the viewers it was supposed to get. Um, but part of the problem was the fact that it always clashed with Family Ties and the Cosby Show. <laughs> you got no chance there, then, have you? 
No, exactly. That's it. Right? So on season three, they decided to move it, only they managed to make it clash with the Golden Girls. That's brilliant. That is some brilliant uh, behind-the-scenes work there, isn't it, eh? <laughs> Incredible, isn't it? It, it? One could cynically say that it's almost like they were trying to kill it so that they don't have to make it anymore. <laughs> that's you know? it. Exactly. Um, but then on season three, they tried to get some um, some sort of bigger names into the mix to try and grab more viewers. And they started getting people like Carl Weathers and uh, Lee Majors to, really? to star in it. Wow, didn't know they that. Did. But then again, as I saw, I never saw season three. Season three was different, wasn't it? Oh, than, than the first two seasons. Well, I mean, they started to make changes from season two. They started to bring in sort of female characters and things like that in an attempt to um, to, to sort of broaden their audience mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, but but yeah, but of, of season two was um, a lot shorter than the and then season one and three. But it was due to writers' strikes and things like that. So. Uh, Something so, that yeah. we're going through again now in Hollywood. The writer's strike. It, it goes through stages of doing seems that, though, to doesn't be, it? Seems to be. Although I think the current one's all about <laughs> streaming um, rights and, and people just not being paid for reruns on stream. Because you, you can't quantify it, can you? Whereas in the old days, no, something would true. be rerun on TV and you would get royalties every time something was rerun, but you can't quantify it anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, no. But no, the premise of, the no, premise of season three was completely different, wasn't it? I'm not sure. Well, what, what, what's the premise don't, of season three? That's, it's a long time since I've seen home? it. They go home in season three, don't they? Ah, uh, they they do. It's not from the beginning of season three, though, from oh, what okay. I remember. I think it was partway through. Oh, see, I never saw any of that. Um, I didn't know, you know that that happened. No, no. I mean, in my in my head, it's about halfway through season three, and then they then they show them sort of back home and struggling to adapt back to their home life and all that oh, sort that's of thing. Interesting. Which is which is a bold move. Yeah, did it? I suppose did it feel? I don't know whether it got a, a proper finale this show, but at least if they get home, then it feels like there is some kind of closure to some of these characters. I suppose. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't remember ever being disappointed with how it ended. So I assume. I mean, I'm going to have to find somewhere to watch all this, aren't I? Or just. Buy, buy copies of it somewhere. It's really hard to find. Though. I think there are D- there's a DVD set that you can buy on eBay. That's that's region free. Yeah. I think. I think you yeah. can get that. And I think it's not, it's not very expensive. I don't think it's only like a tenner or something. Mm. Um, I am intrigued. Yeah, so am I. Not so, not to give anything away, yeah. but I quite yeah. like to see more of this. But we'll mm. we'll talk about that yeah. as we go on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so let's go. So the first thing I want to say is I did like the the eighties pampite music over the opening credits, but I do prefer I do prefer painted black. <laughs> painted black. If, I think from, from what I remember, that the 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 thing they were playing over the start, they were also they also played That's over right. the end credits, and I think it was always the end credit theme. I think it was just painted black was always. Put I think you're right because I did remember it. But yeah, it's it's quite moody. It does. It, fits, it, does. It, it is also a little. It's a little mm. bit eighties easy listening, but. You can't help that, can you? I suppose <laughs> it is a little. It's pan pipes, isn't it? It's like that. That sort of. You used to be able to get those those mail order music <laughs> catalogues, didn't you? For like pan pipe moods and oh, things like God. that. Oh yeah, that, it was a thing for a while. That wasn't it. <laughs> it really was. Late late night adverts were littered with it. Yeah, they were always by like that was what was that? Um, is it called Telstar? Was it the the, the company that used to make That's all it. those? Things. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. Pampite Moods by Telstar. <laughs> Only advertised on TV, yeah. <laughs> yeah There's there a reason for that, because yeah. it's shite. <laughs> and we get some text on the screen that tells us the 12-month period American soldiers were required to serve in Vietnam was known as the Tour of Duty. Nice to get the title of the show in mm-hmm. there. I, I always appreciate that. Well, they did. And I think we should play a drinking game. Where I take a shot every time I accidentally say "Call of Duty" <laughs> rather than "Tour of Duty" because it's going to happen. I'll try and I'll try and uh, be on the lookout for that. And if if you do it, I'll give you the nod. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I might do it. Who knows? So we see a U.S. Army camp, and a subtitle tells us that it's Firebase Ladybird, Vietnam, nineteen sixty-seven. And we see Sergeant mm-hmm. Anderson and two others in a foxhole, clearly tense that something's going on somewhere i always thought that sergeant and anderson was mm-hmm. cool he, he, he had he hardly ever wears a helmet in the show and apparently that was because his head was too big and they couldn't find one to fit him 
<laughs> is that what it was? Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was. I honestly thought it was just because they were trying to make him cool. That's it. Either way, it works, doesn't it? Oh, it does. But they keep calling him Zeke, and I don't know why they called him Zeke. That's his middle name, apparently. Oh, was it? Apparently so. Well, on IMDb, it's listed as his middle name. Yeah. No. Uh, okay. So Fleur goes up into the night sky and Anderson discovers that some of the guards on duty have been killed. I think one of them's got his throat cut, hasn't he? One of them's got his throat cut, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, he then he then makes his way back, doesn't he, to his, the other members in the foxhole. But he has, to, he has to crouch down in the long grass while the Viet Cong walk past him. I always tense. wonder if that... I, I, it is tense, but I always wonder whether that would work. I mean, I'd like to think. No, I'd like to think that if there was someone crouched down in my garden, even if the grass was a bit long, I'd still see him, even if he was wearing like combat gear. You know, I don't, they're literally almost standing on his face. Yeah, it's um, it's very it's Metal Gear Solid level of uh, AI, isn't it? You know, it is a little bit. Do you, do you think they get little exclamation marks pop up above their heads? <laughs> Yeah, okay. look, look, look for that cone of of sight that's moving around, you know. Huh? What was that noise? <laughs> the worst one was, um, there was a game, uh, it was a ninja game. I can't think what it was called. And uh, whatever, whatever they would kind of hear you, they, were, you, they would just go, every time, they only had one voice, I think. And would go, what was that? But in a very... <laughs> I'm not going to do the accent, all right? But, you know. <laughs> Why not? Come on. <laughs> we, I think we both know why. So, you know, we, we've got in trouble for that before on this show. Um, and the base is then attacked and under cover of darkness and a fire fight erupts. And it's really well put together, this battle sequence, isn't it? Oh, they, they, they set their stall out early with this one, don't they? They signal the, their intent. <laughs> exactly. And it's pretty violent as well, isn't it? It really is, yeah. People getting yeah. shot and blown up left, right and centre and... I don't, I'm thinking, I know that 80s TV was more violent than today, but come on, I didn't think they could get away with this. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, it was really impressive. And I was, I was looking at it and I thought, yeah, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm invested already. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, lo- lots of US soldiers get killed, including the lieutenant, the current mm-hmm. lieutenant, we should say. Yes, that's right, yeah. And Captain Wallace mm-hmm. um, calls in an airstrike. And... When the airstrike happens, I have to say that this is this is one part that I did think looked a bit small scale. It didn't, the explosion just didn't quite, didn't work for me. Oh really? Mm. I, I see, don't think I didn't see it like that. I thought it was quite good. I thought it was. A, they do it. There's an explosion at the end of the episode which they did better, but this one looked a bit sort of small scale. But I don't know whether it was because. They use that crappy slow motion effect that you used to see a lot back in the eighties. Ah, uh, I know. Yes. <laughs> and it, that never does anything any favors when that gets used. I don't think. No, you, that's true. You know the kind of mean that kind of jerky slow motion effect that you used to see a lot. Yeah, yeah. Low, low frames. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, yeah. Makes everything just look a bit shit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I do know what you mean. I suppose, um, but yeah, I was I, overall. I was actually quite impressed with this opening scene. I thought it was, um, yeah, it was quite a spectacular thing, and uh, yeah, I think it's. I think it was them signalling sort of, you know, where they thought it was. Well, I thought it was they were signalling where they thought they, you know, where it was going to go. They, um, it was really, really good. Yeah, stumbled over that a little bit there, didn't I? <laughs> We all knew what you were saying, Dave. It was fine. Um, it, it 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 doesn't look like a TV show. It looks it looks like a movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So in the aftermath, they're dealing with all the casualties. And Private Johnson, he breaks down at the body of his best friend who's been killed. And it was interesting. He does. It's interesting how Private Taylor, he's just kind of urging oh. Johnson to. <laughs> you find him irritating, dear. He's just kind of. Oh, he's God. just. He's just. He's, oh, here we go. First rock in the road. Um, he, he, I did kind of like how he's just kind of make. He's kind of urging Johnson to just accept what's happened and move on. I suppose that was the but, only well, way that they could get through it, really. I mean, there's ways of dealing with that. You know, I think rolling your eyes, which is what he did. <laughs> 
He does that a lot, like, though, doesn't come he? Come on, man, get over it. It's like, <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> he is probably, I would say, probably one of the most unlikable characters in it. Yeah. He, he isn't... It's weird. I remember him being one of my favourite characters, and in this, he is a complete arsehole. <laughs> <laughs> It's early days, though. I suppose that maybe they, they, they give him more to do, you know, bring his character out a little bit more as, as the series yeah. goes on. They, they, they must have mellowed him, must have mellowed him, because, yeah, yeah it, it, I don't remember him being anything like this, but, yeah, he was, yeah. It, I mean, fair enough. You've got to move on, get on with it. You're in the middle of Vietnam. That's fine, but give him give him more than five seconds to <laughs> grieve for his best mate. <laughs> Well, well, the show's only 40 minutes long, Dave. You've got to keep it moving, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you, 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 the, the actor that's playing him, the the one thing that I remember this guy from more than anything isn't Tour of Duty, although I do remember the character. I just remember mm. him getting killed in an outside toilet in one of the Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> that's the thing I remember him from. <laughs> Yeah. Do you ever remember him doing a, a, a major role in, in anything, or was he always a sort of side character in other stuff you see? I've only ever seen him as side characters, and I can't even think what I've seen him as side characters in. He's one of those actors, isn't he, that, that yeah, I don't think he ever did a, a leading role, but he used to turn mm. up a lot. There was a period where he turned up a yeah. lot in things, you know, but he was, as you say, he was yeah. always a bit part player. Off off the back of this, I assume. Mm. I would imagine so. Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, actually, can I just say, shout out to uh, Captain Wallace in this opening sequence when he shouts, Napalm! I need Napalm now! In his best, like that. In his best no. Batman voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he's very good in it, actually, Kevin Conroy. Mm. Yeah. He um, is. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Speaking of Captain Wallace, he tells Anderson um, that this shouldn't be happening, that they should be winning this war. I thought that was a good line. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I like that. And you can tell when they're speaking to each other, there's a mutual respect there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, because it would have been easy to make Captain Wallace um, a bit of a dick, wouldn't it? Yeah. A, a lot of script. Yeah. But that's script kind of, done. it's a bit route one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, although I didn't like when later in the episode when you see him smoking a pipe. I thought that was a bit of a cliche. You know, but, I didn't notice that. Did yeah, it? at one point when he's talking to Anderson in, in one of the tents, he's smoking a pipe. You know, <laughs> I get what he's doing. I it. never noticed it's it. It's a cliche of the thoughtful <laughs> captain. You know, he's 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 the yeah. brains. You know, um, it turns out that the attacking army were now. I'm no Vietnam expert, so I'm going to wing this. They were special North Vietnamese <laughs> army regulars, something that they hadn't encountered. I thought you were point. a military guy. Come on, I'm a military guy. Where'd you get that from? I thought I thought you I thought you were well into your military. No, that's Colin. You're you're mistaking me with Colin. <laughs> it's like tanks. No, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many possibilities there for double entendres, but I'm not going to do any of them. <laughs> I'm not going to make any comments about barrels or anything like that, or you know. This isn't carry on. Come on. Carry on tour of duty. Oh, they could have done that, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> they could have done that, yeah. Don't know what Barbara Windsor would be doing. <laughs> she could play. Um, well, obviously, I was going to say that she could play. Um, she could play Captain Wallace, female version. Oh yeah. Oh, well, that was a bit carry on, Dave. Oh. <laughs> Can we do that? I don't know if we could do that. Uh, <laughs> we'll get cancelled. Um, what Wallace tells Anderson that we've got a whole new war ahead of us. And that, that's the setup for the show right there, isn't it? In that one line. It is, because it was apparently the VC that they found were... that, that They're normally up in the north of the country, and they were, they were down in the south. Right. And they had whole new weaponry and and things like that. So it, it was a bit of a, you know, a bit of a discovery. One thing I will say about that... I get... Okay, I get it. I, and I know, I know we're dealing with a limited budget. Mm-hmm. When we get to the end of the episode, they do deal with them rather easily, don't they? Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get All to right. it. But, but okay. yeah, I know what you mean. So Wallace wants Anderson <laughs> to go and check the enemy bodies for any intel and then take it over to Division HQ. 
And while he's there, Anderson says that he'll go on a bit of a fresh recruitment drive to beef up the platoon. And then we get some aerial footage, and this is incredible, isn't it? Uh, uh, the shots inside the Hueys are just as incredible as the shots outside, aren't they? They are. I think they... Um, is it this bit where they used a lot of stock footage? I don't think it was. I think that there's there's a scene later on, isn't there, where they're, where they're in the chopper, mm-hmm. and I think they use a lot of stock footage, but... Um, yeah, I don't think it's this one, actually, thinking about it. But but the way that this stuff is shot, it, it kind of looks documentary style, doesn't it? So when they do use the stock mm. footage, I think it integrated with it really, really well. It was really good. Mm. Oh, yeah, it didn't didn't stand out at all. And you can see that it's the actors inside these helicopters as well. That they're you actually can. in these helicopters yeah. flying. Very sort of Apocalypse Now looking, you know, the shots from inside yeah. as it's flying over. And you can see the actors perched on the edge of the, of the helicopters. That's it. Yeah, but there's a nice there's a nice scene when they're when they're f- flying to the um, division HQ, um, and it turns out Anderson is is trying to learn the harmonica, and he pulls it out and he starts to play it, yeah. and uh, one of the injured guys that are next to him sort of stops him and says, "Hey, partner, I'm already dying. Don't kill me no more." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good line. I yeah, I like that. that. And I, I've got to say, I'm on his side. Oh, he's rubbish, isn't he? <laughs> I, can't, I can't stand a harmonica at the best of times, to be honest. I know, it's, it's a little bit like um, bagpipes. Yeah, like, a, like the sound of a dying donkey. Yeah, It is, it is. Nobody likes harmonica or no, bagpipes. Really. Come on, why are, you paying your, why are you putting all your effort into that? Get a real instrument. Come Unless, of course, you're, you're a retrospection listener and you're into harmonicas and, and bagpipes, then, you know, we love it. Bloody love yeah, harmonicas. Yeah. I've always said I really love harmonicas. Absolutely. It's not like we're flip-flop. God, I love a bagpipe. So, <laughs> so um, Anderson arrives at, uh, we get a little subtitle again, Chulai HQ 23rd Infantry Division. And he tells the brass about the attack mm-hmm. and they're disturbed at the lack of intel, wishing that they could take they could have taken one of the enemy soldiers alive. And Anderson tells them that he's more concerned with keeping himself alive than worrying about them. I thought that was yeah. a good one. It's good, and he, he's, it's a it's a line that he uses more than once. Oh right, this. does he? He says that again, does he later? Yeah, well, he says something similar, I think. When um, I mean, we'll get to it, but when he when you get the uh, new lieutenant comes with him, and uh, the lieutenant is trying to sort of boss his way around, oh, right. and Anderson doesn't bite because mm-hmm. come on, my priority is keeping ourselves alive. He'd be a good guy to have in your corner. Mm. Oh, yeah. And we get uh, an obligatory military volleyball game, don't we? Which which made, made me laugh. Jungle Rules Volleyball. <laughs> In the mud. Yeah. In the mud. <laughs> it, it, it still looked more manly than Top Gun's volleyball game, I thought. <laughs> Anything looks more manly that's than true. Top Gun's. It's yeah, <laughs> no arse slapping for a start. <laughs> Not that we saw. Not that we saw. No, that is true. But they're playing this um, Jungle Rules Volleyball, aren't they, um, in the mud, and there's a, a radio station playing in the background. And this is the um, the first bit of faux rock <laughs> that, I, that I hear in it. It's ba- I think it's basically meant to be All Day and All of the Night by the Kinks. Yeah. But it's just a knockoff version of it with no lyrics. I, I, I would bet money that in the original versions when these went out, it, it probably had that song instead it yeah. must have must have had it it's ridiculously close to it but it's just what, what a it. what a terrible job that must have been for somebody to go through these episodes and and just replace all those songs with with, with knockoff <laughs> soul <Yeah>. destroying <laughs> anderson lines up some the soldiers that have been playing volleyball and he tries to get a few volunteers he tells them that he doesn't want dopers or dummies well he tries to tempt them doesn't he with some um Good Vietnamese dope. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Um, but it, it's a ruse, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> it's it's definitely a ruse. It's going. I've got some good Vietnamese dope. Anybody? Nobody? Nobody? <laughs> Come on, who's falling for that? <laughs> it's like when the teachers used to say, "All right, own up, and you won't get in trouble." Who's, who's, who's doing exactly. that? No, yeah. No. And we, we meet Corporal Purcell, who it turns out volunteered for this war. He did. 
He did. And um, when when Anderson said, um, you know, if you're if you're stupid, then take a step back. And Purcell didn't. And when he found out that Purcell had volunteered, he said, why didn't you step back? <laughs> He's got some really good lines, doesn't he, Terrence Knox, in this, in this episode? He has, yeah. And he picks out a couple more soldiers, and, he, <laughs> and one of them is also um, Private Ruiz, who's from the Bronx, so he's used yep. to blood, apparently. I mean, it's the 80s, <laughs> it's the Bronx. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Colin would have something to say about that. Who knows? Um, I, well, you said he was made in the 80s, I suppose, but it's set in the 60s, so was it even worse back then? I guess so. Ooh. Yeah. It could yeah. Yeah, I didn't didn't think of that. Any listeners yeah. from the Bronx want to let us know what it was like in the 60s? I mean, cuz it's probably our age demographic that listen to us, Dave. So, you know. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Just email retrospection. Was the Bronx a <laughs> shithole in the 60s? Yeah. Label your email with that as well. Lead lead with that. You know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Get to the top of the pile then. Um he, he then hears someone else playing the harmonica, or I would should say miming it because this guy, this actor, can't play the harmonica. He's he, he's definitely miming this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. He did have his hands cupping that harmonica very, he did. very he did. copiously, he did. didn't he? <laughs> uh, but Anderson instantly, um, he, well, he, th- he he likes the guy, doesn't he? And the guy's name's. Um, horn yes until he learns that he's a he's a war protester who refuses to fight but he takes him anyway mm-hmm. as you would. well he wants to prove something to him but he was just wants to learn the harmonica <laughs> that is true that's the thing he cares about isn't it at this point that is that is that is as good a reason as anybody to take anybody into the platoon right anderson strikes me as that kind of guy that that tries to find um the best in in any situation you know yeah yeah i'd go and that's probably that. why his yeah. character is it gets revealed doesn't it that he this is his third tour and it's probably why he mm. can get through it because he because of his attitude really mm. i need to say actually sorry i need to say that um it was when he was recruiting here we he, this is where he also saw baker for the first time mm-hmm. where where we asked him how did you get so big that's right yeah and then, and then Baker goes on a big rambling thing about his his exercise and his diet and lots yeah. of protein and vitamins and minerals. And he goes on this big rambling thing. I thought that was nice. That made me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because I didn't write that one down. I forgot his name. That's why I didn't write it down. <laughs> so then we meet uh, Lieutenant Goldman and it's clear from the outset that he and Anderson are completely different personalities. Oh, yeah. There's, a, there's an immediate clash, isn't there? Yeah, I, and... It's almost like because Goldman is is fresh out of well he's not out of West Point is he because he says he's not from West Point but it's it's of that kind of thing isn't no. it he's 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 an officer who's mm. probably not seen too much at this point. Yeah, well I think Anderson's a, a little bit more free form, whereas whereas Lieutenant is um, yeah he's a bit more rigid. He's a by the book person because he doesn't know any different. He's a de- yeah. He's a by he's a by the booker. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. And I don't think that uh, as it goes on, we, we we see that Anderson steps on Goldman a little bit. But I don't think he's doing it out of mm. uh, trying to prove anything to him. He's just doing it because he's trying to protect his men, and he's the one who knows that he can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been in that situation as as he points out. He's been there for three tours. Mm. He knows mm. how this works. Yeah, definitely. Mm. I think it's going to be interesting if, if, if I watched more of this to see how the, these two uh, characters, the relationship plays out. Mm. Because I would imagine that they're both going to... It's going to be one of those situations, isn't it, where they're both completely different points of view, but they'll learn something from each other as the, as yeah. the show goes on. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think that will play very well, I think, in a, in a TV show. Mm. Yeah. So on the drive back, one of the soldiers pulls what he calls an initiation ceremony by firing his rifle <laughs> he fires his rifle into the air and screams VC VC I think this guy would just get kicked over the edge of that truck wouldn't he he'd be gone oh, yeah. <laughs> but Anderson Anderson is like oh it's just it's just a thing they do that's all 
Well, this is it. The Goldman's like ready to lynch him, which, you know, I don't blame him, to be honest Neither with you. I. But Anderson's like coolly going, oh, it's an, it's an initiation ceremony. Come on. <laughs> I thought it was bang out of order, Dave. I thought it was bang out of order and they're giving their position away. What the hell are they doing? That is true. They are giving their position. See, I didn't think of it in those terms, you know. <laughs> that, you see, always thinking. <laughs> you're, you're the one that I'd want in my platoon, I tell you. I suppose, though, that, that in in Vietnam or in any kind of these situations, and I, before I say this, I'm conscious of the fact that I'm, I'm coming at this from uh, I, I'm a white, middle-aged Englishman whose idea of combat is fighting over that last bag of donuts in Asda. So <laughs> I, I, I'm not exactly qualified to make statements like this, but I would imagine that gallows humour must have been a thing in any kind of war situation. Oh, I guess so, old. yeah. Yeah, and that's probably why they take this prank. Or Anderson take. I mean, he's a bit irritated, but he doesn't really do anything to the guy. He doesn't shout at the guy, does he? Really, he just tells him to don't do that again, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess so. But I, th- I think Anderson talked him down a little bit. That was the thing. I think yeah. he, I think he would have taken. I got the feeling he would have taken it further if Anderson hadn't stepped in and stopped him. Yeah, yeah, I think he would as well. Yeah, it would have mm. been straight in that. Um, what do they call it? The cooler or whatever they call it? That's great escape, isn't it? <laughs> oh, great escape! <laughs> See, I know nothing about military, Dave. I don't know where you get these ideas about me from. Uh... <laughs> uh, anyway, Anderson and Goldman, um, they, they have a chat. Anderson reveals that this is his third tour, as we said. And, um, mm-hmm. and this is where we find out that Goldman is pretty much as green as they can be, isn't he? Mm. And then we get a bit more harmonica, which is always lovely. <laughs> <laughs> so so we reach Firebase, and um, Goldman introduces himself to Wallace. And it turns out that Goldman, he had a famous father that fought in World War Two, and he wants to, Goldman, this Goldman wants to surpass his achievements. Apparently so. And he's also not too happy about having Anderson as his sergeant. He can see that he thinks that he's going to be undermined by him, doesn't he? He's, he thinks that Anderson is a little bit unorthodox. Yeah, a bit loose. And slightly laid back with his troops. Yeah. The new recruits meet the rest of the squad, and it's hardly a friendly welcome, is it? No, this is true. In, in fact, this is this is Taylor again being dickish. It is. Because they're, they're coming in, they're, they're looking for their new beds, and uh, Taylor's telling them that, um, no, they're the beds, they're the beds of our... Dead, dead mates, basically, is what he's mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. and making it pretty much impossible for them to pick any kind of bed whatsoever. So I can't remember who it was. One of them said, oh, I think it was Baker, he said, oh, I'm just going to sleep on the floor. Yeah, just to avoid any arguments or any bad yeah. feeling, I think. I've got to say that when Ruiz entered, though, he's instantly got tension with Taylor. And it, yeah. it does take you a bit by surprise when you hear the kind of racial slurs being slung around in this show. Yeah. Uh, on what essentially was a mainstream TV show. It wasn't like it was going to be, it was on cable or anything. It was, a, it was a proper mainstream show. Do you think he got, or they got away with it because he was saying that racial slur about himself? Because he was saying, what's the matter? Haven't you seen a, I won't say it because I don't want to get cancelled on my first time out, you know. But yeah, <laughs> he, he says that, he does, yeah, don't. Uh, <laughs> I'll cut it out, Dave. It's all right. Uh, but um, he, he does say that about himself, but he also uses the other word as well in reference to Taylor. The other word. Did he? He did, I didn't, yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. That was the one, that, that, was the one that really stood out to me because you kind of hear it and whenever you hear that in anything, don't you? You kind of go, ooh, no, no Dave. Yeah. You know? There's <laughs> <laughs> always an element of wincing going on, isn't there? I, I think it's good, though, that they didn't gloss over it. I mean, this is how these people would have talked. To each other. True. Hmm. Uh, and I'm sure it's still a thing today in some circles, you know. I I imagine so. I mean, I wouldn't know. But it, it, well, no, I'm... not in our lives, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but, but I... We live in very different circles. We do. Well, we're not in Vietnam for a start, you know, so... Uh... <laughs> um... I don't know. You've seen where I live. It's almost like Nam. <laughs> I nearly said the name of the town, but I won't, Dave. Uh, 
very nice. I, I, I always think it, it's the, one of the worst things you can do is ignore stuff like 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 that, like like the language mm. of the time, and pretend it never yeah. happened. So it's good. It's good that yeah. they're doing it. I think in this show. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Suddenly the base comes under attack uh, from artillery mm-hmm. and the squad run into these bunkers and it's revealed that this happens pretty much every night. They Doesn't one of them say, mm-hmm. they fire at us, we fire back pretty much yeah. every night. Mm-hmm. And then we get like a weird comedy moment where Rui starts freaking <laughs> out over a rat and everyone just unloads all their guns at it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's really strange, isn't it? It's almost out of nowhere and they all, they all shoot the rat and then didn't manage to kill him <laughs> it's a weird moment though because it, it, it it's a big tonal shift it's almost like they thought you know it's quite a heavy show we need it we need at least one little little light moment mm. in there don't we and the only thing they could think of was a rat well he said because he went oh get me out of it get me out of it and then he, he ran out <laughs> and then there was an explosion so he ran back in the bunker but then ran in ran into a big sheet <laughs> so now he's covered in the sheet and everybody's going i can't see <laughs> It, it did work. I have to say, it was kind of funny it, because because, right. because up to this point, he he's been like the, he's he's acting like the hard man, isn't he? Yeah. So that I mean, that's the gag, really, isn't it? The, um, I suppose. So, yeah. It was okay. It was. I mean, it was just it was just a weird tonal shift all of a sudden. It was. You know? Yeah. 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 So the next morning, and it's and Wallace sends the squad out to locate and bring out into the open a group of the enemy because there's a camp that mm. they think is is nearby. Yes, using them as bait. That's right, yeah. Was what he was saying. Yeah, and some of them are not too happy about this. No, which I can understand. I wouldn't want to be used as bait. I mean, dress it up a little bit, even if that's what you're doing. Just just dress it up a little bit. Don't actually say it. What what, what would it take then, Dave, to, to use you as bait? What, what, what would you need? <laughs> just ask him, well, you know, a few I mean, reference, you know. C- couple of beers. Oh, that is all. I'm, I'm quite cheap. <laughs> I'll make a note of that. Uh, quite cheap. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. So Horn reiterates to Anderson that he won't fight because he's a pacifist, and Anderson puts him in mm-hmm. charge of the radio instead and orders him to stay close. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get some more great helicopter aerial footage. And I think this is where they use a bit more of that stock footage that you mentioned earlier. They they use a lot of the stock footage and some faux Jimi Hendrix. Yes, it was playing over the it top. Was. Yeah. And is it just me, or did this scene last a long time? Yeah, because there's a lot of. I actually thought it worked really well because there's a lot of people nervously glancing around at each other, and a couple of them are actually finding it all quite amusing as well. This is it. Were, were they trying to were they trying to build the tension, or was it padding? I think, I think it was probably a bit of both. It was probably padding that worked well in the end. Oh, yeah, I, it, it felt like it overstayed its welcome. Do you, do you feel like the, it, it, it slowed down a little bit in this bit? Yeah. yeah. I can see Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah it definitely that. did. Yeah. It, it didn't bother me as much as, as, as that, but I can, see, I can see what you're saying. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so they land and they're instantly caught up in a firefight. And again, it's another another action yeah, sequence was, that's well shot and well staged. Yeah, it it was it was, and while they're under fire, it shows um, Horn leaving his gun in the chopper because he's still protesting. You'd take it at this point. Pacifism would go out the window, wouldn't it? I mean, you know, fair play to him for sticking by his beliefs, but come on now. <laughs> yeah, I think you need to get. They've got guns. They're shooting at you. Don't leave it. Yeah, even if you're just going to fire over your head at them, I mean, at least do something, you know. <laughs> yeah. So Goldman wants the squad to move up and take out the enemy, but Anderson plays it smart and he orders in an earth strike. Yeah, he didn't like that though, did he? he didn't. No, he didn't like being um, overruled. The earth strike comes in, and um, Goldman actually does say to both Gold, um, to to both Horn and Anderson that once they get back. Both of them are going to be court-martialed. Yes, yes, yeah. He wasn't particularly happy about um, about Horn leaving his gun in the chopper. Mm. But the squad then find a blood trail, and I've got to say, at this point, you you you've got like ten minutes left of the episode. It it, it moves really fast, mm. doesn't it? It does. It packs yeah. a lot in there in the forty-five minutes that it's on, <laughs> that it's on. It never felt. In, I know you said there was that moment in the chopper where it slowed down, but for me, it it it, it flew by. 
It, it never felt... Well, it, it did. It did, but in reality, that, that, that slowdown was about two minutes out of a 45-minute episode, which isn't bad going, is Not it? Not at all. There isn't a massive dip. It's, uh, yeah, it moves on at a, a, a fairly brisk pace all the way through. It does, it does. Hmm. So I said they find a blood trail and they follow it, and Goldman's um, really irritated that Anderson seems to be making all the decisions for him <laughs> at this point. And um, in many ways, the Goldsman Goldsman character, it's the tougher performance for an actor to do, isn't it? Because, and I think this guy plays it really well because you never at any point think to yourself, oh, this guy's a dick. You just think he's inexperienced and he needs to learn. Yes. But but in other hands, he could come across as really annoying. Mm. But he never does. Yeah, yeah, I, I no. No, I'd agree with that. It's a it's a fairly fine line, and he manages to stay on the right side of he it. He does. He does. Mm. Following uh, the blood trial, it's obvious that the squad are less than impressed by their new lieutenant. They they all start grumbling mm. about him, don't they? Uh, yeah. And as we yeah, but well, they've been split up because there were two companies. Weren't That's there? right. Yeah, there mm. was Bravo Company and Charlie Company, mm. and they've been split from Charlie Company, so they they feel like they've been been sort of brought out and they're, they're, they're vulnerable on their own now they're always bravo and charlie aren't they Is that, can you ever think of any other other names i know there's 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 never delta well is there delta i've just said that Ga- i've just said that and that's probably not true whatsoever <laughs> Del- delta and gary company what about gary can you know gary <laughs> <laughs> you know just saying um <laughs> so as they're walking, we get these little interactions between the men, and it kind of showcases their personalities a little bit, a little bit, and it gives us as an mm-hmm. audience uh, more of an idea as to how the dynamics of these characters in the show might start to play out as it goes along. It's a really nice little yes. little collection of scenes as they're walking and talking. I thought. Yes. Yeah. It's. Um, yeah, it was quite good. Um, but they got Baker and Reese. Ruiz, Reese, um, they start having an argument out of nowhere about the benefits of cars versus the subway, <laughs> which I thought was a little bit strange. But I guess if they're just trying to show that the new the new recruits in the platoon haven't haven't gelled yet, you know, with the with, with the the more experienced. Yeah, I think that's what they're going people for. People in the company, I guess. But yeah, it was, it was a strange argument to have. It, it made me think that it was kind of almost um, Tarantino-type dialogue, but but uh, quite a few years before Tarantino mm. started doing it. You know, Tarantino's characters have conversations about stuff that has nothing to do with the plot sometimes. Like the famous Burger King thing. That's, that's, that's 90% of every Tarantino film, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. It, it, <laughs> I know what it is. It's supposed to give realism. It's supposed to make you feel like these are real characters talking, you know. Yeah. And again, it, it does it really, really well. You didn't see that a lot in 80s TV shows because everything was plot-driven. You think about, and I'm not comparing Tour of Duty to this show, but you think about something like Night Rider or The A-Team. Everything was plot-driven. There was very little room for, yeah. for conversations like this. Every conversation in those shows no. moved the plot forward some in some shape or form. True. But then Vietnam, the, the nature of the surroundings, mm-hmm. you know, it's... There's a lot of time spent walking in single file in long grass. What? You know, you can't avoid that really in a, in a in a program like this. So you've got to fill it with something. So it's a perfect time to get that kind of dialogue. Absolutely, out. yeah. And it, mm. I, I hope that if I watch more of it, there's there's a lot more of this kind of thing in it. I would imagine there is. I I, I seem to remember mm. there being plenty of that. Yeah, yeah. So they find some C4 planted in the ground and Goldsman orders Anderson to disarm it, which he does. And then Ruiz stumbles upon some enemy soldiers that leads them to the base. Well, he stumbles on these enemy soldiers because he was he found a lizard from somewhere <laughs> did, yes. and he was still having an argument with Baker. So Baker slapped the lizard out of his hands mm-hmm. and he went, oh, my lizard. And then he went off the beaten path to <laughs> to go and fetch it <laughs> and happen to stumble upon these soldiers. So if it wasn't for this lizard, they never would have found this base, would they? Well, this mm. is it. Exactly. See, that lizard's like, that lizard's <laughs> like, um, the, uh, what do they say? The, the gunner on the 
on the Death Star in Star Wars that if you'd have shot the the you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? <laughs> oh, you you have just gone way over my head. Yeah, people people listening, they'll know, they'll know. Oh, I know, they'll know. I'm the only person on the planet that doesn't know. <laughs> one day, mate, you'll you'll watch it. I you think, think so? Yeah, yeah, one day. So um. So yeah, they they find this enemy base and Goldman radios the location to Wallace and he orders an, uh, some artillery to be fired. Um, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, another soldier, Lawrence, he steps on a mine, doesn't he, or some sort of C four thing? He does. Yeah, he hits a tripwire, mm-hmm. doesn't he? And he, he explodes. That was quite a good scene. I think that was well acted as well. He did look genuinely terrified. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. Which, you know, for, for, for a, a character who's just there to get blown mm-hmm. up, he's, he's not part of the main story or anything like that. I think he did a cracking job. I think Lawrence had been in and out of like this episode at this point a couple of times, hadn't he? So you were aware of him. I think so. Had yeah. he? In the background. He was a background. Oh, uh, okay. You know. I think it would, yeah. have, been, it would okay. have made more impact if they'd have killed off one of the people that you thought was going to be one of the series regulars. Yeah, you know that yeah, one yeah, would have been more impact, but it still worked. It was, mm. it was, it was quite a. Mm. You weren't expecting it, were you? No, no, it was, it was mm-hmm. really well acted. Uh, yeah. And then we get another firefight, and um, Goldsman calls for art- artillery right now, but HQ says that it can't mm. because I think they've got choppers firing in the vicinity, so they can't actually fire at the moment. Apparently so. So it's uh, yeah, and he did this good line of like, well, yeah. get him out of there. <laughs> <laughs> but Anderson's got a plan. So what he does is he, mm-hmm. he kind of sneaks around with a couple of his men, and what he does first is he takes out an enemy gun placement with a grenade, mm-hmm. uh, and then That's they right. fire yeah. a rocket launcher into the enemy base, destroying it. Now, this is where I thought they've been getting worked up about the, this enemy base, and I counted, what, maybe five mm. blokes running around? <laughs> well, the thing is, right, they said, look, look at those crates. That must be ammo. Mm-hmm. So he fired the rockets mm-hmm. at the ammo. Now, okay, admittedly, there's some crates. If you're going to fire rockets at some ammo, I imagine they're going to explode. But the sheer breadth of the explosion <laughs> <laughs> seems slightly over the top. <laughs> well, in all fairness, I mean, how many computer games have you played where you shoot crates, they explode? Happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe True. they saved the big explosion for the end, and that's why... The, the explosion that happened earlier, you know, the one that I said I, I, I didn't think worked as well. The, yeah. the, <laughs> the explosion at the beginning was a $1 million yeah. explosion, whereas this one at the end was a $2 million explosion. That's, that's what's got on there. That's yeah. your $3 million right there. Well, this one had a mushroom cloud. <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought it was, I thought it was, re- it was, it was really good. It, it worked really, really well. It it was it, but as you as you said, it it happened a bit easily. It, it did because I was looking at I was looking at how much time was left in the episode when this happened, and I'm thinking there's only five minutes left. Is this a two part? I've got to watch another episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it could have done with an extra fifteen minutes, couldn't it? it really? Yeah, it should have been at least an hour long, shouldn't it? Yeah, but I know yeah. why they couldn't because they had to put the the, the ad breaks in, didn't they, and make space for the ads? Oh yeah, you know. Um, but exactly, yeah, it, yeah. It, it could have done with being slightly longer and giving more time to breathe, I think. Mm. But yeah, I as think it so. stands, it was okay. It was okay. Wallace and Backup arrive, and Anderson and Goldman admit to Wallace that they've kind of grown to respect each other now, which seemed mm. to happen quite quickly, didn't it? Well, it did, because the thing is, when they stumbled upon that base, Goldman had decided that... Um, it was a little. They were a little bit out of their depth, and they were going to call him support, which he was reluctant to do earlier on when Anderson was telling him to do it, yeah. or when Anderson did it himself. So yeah. now it's like, okay, I'm listening to him, and now there's a little bit of mutual respect going on. Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Just for me, it just felt a little quick. When two minutes ago they they they'd been arguing, but I guess. I think it is. I think, it, again, it's that thing of it could have done with an extra 15 minutes. I think it got so compact, it was like, I'm going to court-martial you. Oh, yeah. I love you. Yeah, <laughs> it, it did feel a bit like that. On. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised that, that something with this level of production value and, and something that cost this much, that the pilot was only 45 minutes long because 
back in those days, mm. most pilots were 90 minutes, weren't they, for, for TV shows? They were, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, true. We could have done with a 90 mm. minute. There's, there's a movie here. There's definitely a movie here. They could have, yeah, they yeah. could have quite easily stretched out to 90 minutes, no problem. Yeah. But there's still an enemy soldier alive and he's crawling around on the ground and he grabs a gun and he points mm. it. But then Horn sees him and after a struggle, Horn has to kill the guy with a knife. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Anderson tells him that he did what he was supposed to do. This war's wrong, Horn says. Maybe, replies Anderson. But that's not the point. I thought that was good as yeah. well. I like that line. Yeah. yeah it's a great line. <laughs> He's like he's basically saying to him, isn't he, that I might not necessarily, I might even agree with you, mate. But while you're here and we're in this shit, you've got to do what you've got to do, haven't you? You know. Yeah, exactly. You, you've got yeah. my if, you, if I've if I've got your back, I need to know you've got my back. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not going to work, yeah. is it? Exactly. Exactly. And Anderson tosses him a rifle and he walks away. And then, as the credits roll, we see black and white photos of the characters shot as though they're actual war correspondent type shots mm. over the music. Yes. And apparently these were done by a guy called David Hume Kennedy, who actually won a Pulitzer Prize for his real Vietnam War photography. Oh, really? Oh, that's interesting. Because they look real, don't they? They look, yeah. they look like genuine, they do look genuine great. war photography yeah. photos. Mm. And that is the end of the first episode of Tour of Duty. So, Dave. It is. And I think I know... We'll, I know we're both going with this, but I'm gonna, I've got to ask it anyway because that's the format of the show. What did you think of Tour of Duty? Well, I have fond memories of it, obviously, as I've mentioned from my childhood. You know, fond memories of watching it with my dad. It's been interesting going back to it again after all these years and 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 seeing it. And I've got to say, from the first sequence, I was in. <laughs> you know, to the point where. I'll gladly watch everything I can find of it. Yeah. I'll happily go through it all. And if I can find it, I probably will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's, I think the dialogue was mm-hmm. good. I think it was all right. Admittedly, apart from the, the bad, um, the bad film quality, mm-hmm. I think it was well shot. Mm-hmm. It was really well lit. Mm-hmm. I think it was atmospheric. Mm-hmm. It had the budget. Yeah, come on, it's a hit. Come on. <laughs> well, I'm shocked, Dave. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on this. I remember seeing it back in the day as well and, and being really impressed at the time. But 30 years is a long mm. time, isn't it? And, and I was worried that it might not hold up a bit. You know, there's always yeah. that possibility, isn't there? There is. But yeah. I had no reason to yeah. be concerned because... As you say, the script's top draw. The performances are excellent. It looks fantastic. It, it does. does. And it's not nostalgia talking either, it's is not. it? It genuinely does. It really does. It really uh, does. We're not looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. No. no. It's, there's a real sense of detail and realism about everything that, that you wouldn't really expect from mm. a, a TV show at this time, at this period in the 80s, I don't think. True. No. And if this was a new show now... And it was exactly done this way. No, no different. No modernisation of how. Because I know things don't look like this anymore. They, they're shot differently. It's, you know, mm. I'd be still be on board with it today if it was a new show. I'd want to see how these characters develop as it goes along. Yeah. So it's it's yeah. an absolute top tier hit for me. This, no question about it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Um, talk about if if they tried to do something like this now. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't use the pyrotechnics that they used. No, it'd all be CG, wouldn't this, it? Would they? And there's a lot to be said for real pyrotechnics. Yeah, because you know it's there. You just can't you beat can. it. You can't. You know that the effort that went into it, it, it and it's, mm. it looks real because it is real. That's it. Because yeah. we're the best. Do you think anybody will ever make something like this again? It's interesting. Interesting, you should say that because I watched the other night. I watched um, Extraction Two which I know isn't a, a Vietnam movie, but it's an action movie, where the Chris Hemsworth mm. sequel to the one that he made on Netflix a few years ago. And you're yeah. kind of watching it, and you're thinking to yourself, this looks amazing, but I don't know how much of this is real and how much of it isn't. Because CG's mm. so good now sometimes that you can't actually tell. Yeah, um, yeah. 
but there's always that little voice at the back of your mind thinking this there's something about this doesn't quite look right so then i i i, mm. I looked into it i googled it and looked into it and apparently 95 percent of what you see is actually on screen is it really yeah they want they wanted to do it completely re, re, there's a few cg shots here and there because there has to be but mm. um yeah. most of it is on screen and done done there and then which and i thought that was weird because as i was watching it maybe i'm so conditioned to just accepting cg now i just presumed a lot of it was but it wasn't yeah maybe there is a little bit of that to it i i do assume that at least 70% of what you're seeing is in front of a green screen now. Yeah. Even when it feels like the scene doesn't actually require one. No, exactly. They just do it. Why, why bother going out and, and finding somewhere appropriate when you can just stick a green screen on it and Absolutely. use a computer to generate it? Well, I mean, there's, a, there's that um, Star Wars show, isn't there, that's on Disney Plus called The Mandalorian, and everything mm. in that is shot in this three complete 360s um, it's not green screen. It's a special screen that they built, and it looks real, but it's not. Yeah. There's no location footage mm. in it at all. But you would never know because it looks looks like they're outside in the desert, mm. you know, and they're not, you know. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, this wouldn't be made like this today. No, I don't think. No. Don't think. Because some people are doing it, but but more often than not, it's not. It's CG a lot mm. of the time, which is a shame. Yeah. But you've got three it's seasons. Worse, you've got three seasons it? of this if you want to watch it. <laughs> you know you. Oh, can and, and I it. will. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this episode of Retrospection. I want to say a big thank you to Dave for stepping in. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's always fun talking to you, mate. Where, <laughs> where can our listeners find you on social media? Oh my word! Um, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, at Huzelio. That's H U Z E L I O. I I'm not. I'm going to level with you. I don't post an awful lot, but feel free to follow me anyway. <laughs> and do you you you're on Instagram as well, aren't you? Because you you're. Uh... I am on Instagram. I post my artwork. I do portraits. Um, that is David Hurrell Art. Um, so yeah, if you if you like to see drawings. That's where you can find me. That's where I post most of my stuff, to be honest. And you should check that out because they're fantastic. It's fantastic work. He did. Um, Dave did a drawing of Bela Lugosi for me a couple of years ago on my birthday, and it is like looking at a photograph. It, it's 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 beautiful, Dave. It's on my wall. Duh. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Thanks. <laughs> it makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Oh, that, that was what I was going for. But seriously, check it out. Check it out. It's really good. Um. So if you want to contact the show, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and we're on Instagram. We, we're trying to post more on Instagram. I know Colin does that a lot. You can also check out our Spotify playlist and listen to some of the music uh, from the films and shows that we've covered so far. And you can also listen to the podcast on Spotify as well now. We're on, we're on there too. So until next time, thank you, Dave. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.